0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to These Go to Eleven. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Joining me, as always, Greg Dutcher. Greg, I'm not going to say what's going on, man, because I know what's been going on in your life, and I want you to give—I want to give you some time to talk to our audience about what's been going on in your life because uh, it's been significant, yeah. and it's going to lead us into our September series.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, thank you, Nathan. Uh, obviously, as we were talking, about, I have missed just hanging you and me we've certainly talked these last few weeks but it's been been uh, different um we had our first kind of significant pause in the podcast and i know you were keeping people generally aware uh my dear mother-in-law connie leslie uh, my wife's mother um precious woman um she got covid it's interesting that we had a 75th birthday party for her on I believe it was Friday night, August 4th.
2: Yeah, okay, yep.
1: Really nice night. Just, uh, you know, Lisa, she did a great job. Just, you know, I can't take any credit. I just showed up. I think, um, you know, she texted me, hey, can you pick up these four things on the way home? In
0: fairness, though, did she want any help from you? (laughs) No,
1: I mean, not if she wants it to be good, right? right? That's that's a good point. My help is sort of, (laughs) hey, why don't you get out of the house and I'll text you a list if there's some extra things to pick up. So um, you know, it was Friday night. We had some of the family over and, uh, and Connie, and it was a lovely evening. Um, it was uh, her 75th birthday, and um, yeah, we just enjoyed uh, just hanging out. We had some good food and a cake and presents. And, you know, the, uh, my oldest daughter, Samantha, mm-hmm. uh, can get her to do anything so they even danced to a little Taylor Swift in the middle of the living room. <laughs> nice. And they had, a, the, nice. I don't know which, Karma, one of one of her songs. And, you know, they were kind of, uh, you know, dancing together. And, and Connie was always a good sport about that. And then the next day, uh, dude, she had a bit of a scratchy throat. Yep. Um, and by the end of that night was feeling, you know, pretty lousy. And then about a day late, later, Lisa had the same symptoms. My daughter had the same symptoms. And... You know, after multiple tests, it was COVID, Yeah, uh, which, of course, people are, are still getting, as we yep. referenced. That's kind of with us. Yeah. And Connie actually uh, was able to avoid COVID three and a half years since it hit. Yeah. So Lisa moved in with her uh, for, you know, just she's right down the street from us for, and said, well, I'm just going to stay here because since we're both sick, I'll help take care of my mom. So I was, you know, dropping things off, food, yep. and we you know, everything was good and uh it initially looked like uh, connie was doing well actually lisa in terms of how she felt felt a little worse so uh, i think we we're all kind of hopeful i knew lisa would bounce back because she's had it before and is young and uh you know we, we knew she'd just be down for a couple of days but um as lisa started to get better Connie started to get worse yeah and uh then it was you know a lot of doctor visits etc then the hospital yeah then in the hospital ICU, yeah, um, and she did not make it. She she passed on uh, the twenty eighth of August, yeah, very early in the morning. Uh, the, the kids, Lisa and her brothers, were with her, yeah, for which we're quite thankful. And um, yeah, as you know, Nathan, you you knew her as well. She yeah. was a pretty integral part of our family. Yeah, it was far from a, a side right character, for lack of a better term. I hate to say that, like. Sure. Oh a typical grand—I should say that compared to my uh, experience growing up. Yeah. My grandparents were in Florida and uh, North Carolina. Right.
0: Maybe what more people think of with grandparents, you know, we go and visit grandma visit and them. grandpa out of yep. town. They come and visit us every once in a while. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And when they passed, and, and their, of course, I was sad. They were my grandparents, right. but this was much more, yeah. uh, you know, close to home. Right. So, yeah, dude, and you were great. I just, you know, at one point, I know in the early process, we said, well, let's see. And I could tell when things started to increase on the hospital front, and Lisa was there pretty much essentially around the clock, yeah, with yeah. few exceptions to get a, a couple of hours of sleep here and there, um, that we were not probably going to podcast. Yeah. So, you know, we hit the pause yep. button and, uh, Here we are. It was, uh, uh, even as I'm talking about it, Nathan, uh, I don't know, and that's part of what we'll talk about today with grief. Well, I think I do know. I don't think I have fully absorbed it. Yeah. I've absorbed it because on the time we're recording, it was two weeks ago. Yeah. So uh, that's a fairly short period of time. I've certainly absorbed it more than I did a week ago. Right. But I would expect a month from now and beyond, having, we've all been through, grief like this before in some level, uh, it'll sink in more. So I've missed everybody. Yeah. Um, a lot of people, as you know, Nathan, you enjoy yourselves. Were are so kind to us and, and, uh, and, and, and helpful to us. And so many people from the church and our mm-hmm. kind of wider sure. life community. And, uh, you know, it's a time where you really see a lot of uh, people just go any extra mile to, yeah. to be kind. Uh, say one thing that really touched me, I, uh, I think you may have even seen it uh, one night at the viewing, mm-hmm. Emily, you know, one of our friends here at the church, her little guy, uh, she brought in uh, very quickly. She just yeah. said, "I just wanted to get in." Gave us a little bag of uh, cookies oh, nice. that he had drawn some pictures on the outside of it. Oh, kind of, yeah, nice. yeah, it's very sweet. Yeah, I mean, things like that. Woo man, yeah. they, they they really bring a personal touch. So, you see some incredible moments of God's kindness in yeah. very tangible ways. Uh, but oh yeah it's been tough yeah
0: well and to and to put some things in context you know you talked about your uh your biological grandparents that you yep. lost you know I mean really um, for the past 10 years uh, Connie was in it with you guys oh yeah uh, daily yeah um you know vacations dinners yeah. you know I mean so oh. you know so this is this isn't like oh yeah she lived down the street and we got together you know once, once a week or whatever it was for a family dinner. I mean, you know, uh, Lisa was just so instrumental in, in helping get her to doctor's appointments. And, you know, so, I mean, this really was like you said, um, without being an immediate part of the family, this was an immediate part of the family.
1: Oh, uh, absolutely dude. I mean, and what you said about Lisa couldn't be, uh, more accurate. I mean, she was, well, she talked to her every day. Mm -hmm. Um, at minimum you yep. know, often several times a day. And I would probably say, dude, it was rare. I don't know when the last time maybe Lisa didn't see her at least five or six days out of seven. Um, you know, and of course those last few weeks. It was every day. Understandably yeah. very, you know, around the clock practically, but yeah, um, Lisa's father died in, uh, 2011. Yeah. He had just turned 63. I always think he's 62, but it, just turned 63, and he, you know, he was a young, strong, healthy guy. He had gastric cancer, kind of came like a lightning bolt out yeah, of the blue. And yeah. He was gone in uh, under six months from the time uh, he was diagnosed. So um, that surprised us all then because Connie had had more health problems. Yeah, Steve never had a single one. I mean, really. I don't recall him having a single health problem until... Yeah. You know, he he got that uh, pretty devastating di- uh, diagnosis. And then, um, you know, it was obviously emotionally hard. Connie lost the love of her life. Uh, yeah. So those last 12 years for her were hard years yeah. uh, with some really good moments. Sure. And I'm, the last two weeks, have been thinking, wow, she really squeezed as much good as she could. Uh, you know, she broke her arm five years ago, so... Yeah, it was kind of her cute little saying, I I have a broken wing. Uh, Her right arm was largely not functional. It just kind of was there. And, um, you know, oh, all sorts of uh, Sjogren's uh, Sjogren's disease, uh, you know, autoimmune stuff. Mm -hmm. It was just difficult. So the appointments were many. Yeah. Um, But within it, dude, some really sweet times. And I really saw that how it impacted my kids. Yeah. Um, and three of the four dudes spoke at her funeral, which was very touching. You know, we said none of you have to. Yep. Uh, nobody questions um, your your love, your devotion. Um, and they uh, did. My youngest didn't. Uh, yeah. Samantha, my oldest, called her up. They had a sweet moment with her and Lisa yep. uh, and and Ella, my uh, youngest. And they kind of held hands. And Samantha said, "We, we girls. You know, she kind of paid a tribute to." Her. To her, her grandmother. Yeah. Uh, yeah, dude. Wow. So, a lot of tears. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna try my best not to do <laughs> that here. You know me, but I. So far, so good. So
0: far, yeah. We're doing. Um, we're it, doing all right. But you know, that's all right. That's me. why. That's why we're partners, man. We. Uh, I'll, I'll pick it up if you start. So. Yes,
1: dude. If I start doing ugly cry, it's <laughs> a good thing we haven't moved a video yet. That's right. You'll be the only one that <laughs> is unfortunate to see my Toby McGuire ugly cry. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, certainly a lot of tears for me, for all of us, um,
0: yeah, with that, you know, we, we said we're going to be doing this series on, on grief. And so what we're really looking to do today is look at the person who's in the midst of grief. And obviously Greg, this is, uh, this is fresh for you, uh, and, and Lisa and your, your children, Lisa's, you know, siblings. Um, I've, I've had several major losses in my life the most know. recent one was uh joy's grandfather a uh, little over a year ago or two uh, no a little over a year ago now sorry just time gets crazy i know
1: isn't it it, it you start looking back and you're yeah. like oh my goodness that's been a year or i know
0: yeah so we uh looking at that uh, that was the most recent one and you know i'll i'll talk about why that was uh such a big loss, um, for us, uh, as we get into it. But, but looking at it from the perspective of the griever, and I think that's important because I think, I, I think that's where we begin to get our empathy, which is going to lead into next week, things that we should and shouldn't do. Yes. Um, as, as the onlookers, yes, as those who are, who are participating in, uh, the, the community and in, you know, the encouragement, the uplifting, what are those things? Because, and and again, you and I will have many stories about this, but just what do you say? What don't you say? What do you do? What don't you do? Oh, sure. um, and, and so we're going to, we're going to get into that next week, but, yeah. uh, and then finally we're going to do an episode on, uh, what will be our our hope and joy? Yeah, and that is, uh, you know, we're just going to have a, a fun discussion on heaven.
1: Absolutely, um,
0: and what what that will be like, and some of that we will we'll pull right from scripture. But yep. I, I think you and I would both agree, Greg, that um, as many books have been published mm-hmm. on what heaven is going to be like, the Bible actually doesn't say a whole lot about it.
1: Does not the the? It's interesting you say that, dude. The evidence is. Not the evidence, the descriptions are scant. Yep. They're powerful. Yes. The ones we see. So just enough to create this kind of hope. And I can't help but believe, Nathan, it's the only thing I'll say because we're just previewing it. Yep. And I keep me from going down too far. I can't help but believe part of the reason is I heard somebody say this. I'm paraphrasing this. Um, you know, our taste buds change as we go. Yes. Get over. Yeah. Uh, so. Um, or, no, I'm going to be bolder today, dude. Yeah. I'm not going to use the taste buds thing. But I'll be tactful. Uh, a little child cannot understand um, physical love between a man and a woman. Sure. They just can't, right? right. They, they might see it. They might wonder. They can't understand desire of that nature, et cetera, right? And, you know, kids might be fascinated from a... Di- ask, oh, mom, where do babies come from? Right. Stuff. But then at some point right. in life things change. Yes. And you understand it. So I would just say these special joys that God has prepared, I sometimes wonder, we're we're not really ready to take them in. So how's that, dude? There you go. I took a sex analogy for heaven unashamedly (laughs) and said, I can't help but think that's it, that there are things that we are not wired at this point to experience or understand. And that's just a guess. Yeah. Why there is some, yeah, and but you know when I think of the things that God has prepared, right? That we the scripture even it's we can't even tell yeah. you. Yeah, Paul wasn't permitted to say what right. he saw. There's so many little teasers that yeah, you guys you're not right. You're you're not even gonna fathom yeah how awesome this thing is. Yeah, so
0: fair enough. Yep. So looking at it from uh, the perspective of the griever. And that's, and that's where we're taking it today. Um, Greg, I think you would, you would agree with me that you and I process and grieve, uh, differently.
1: Oh, I'm sure, dude.
0: Um, and, and so, uh, talk, talk to us about the way you process through grief and then I'll, I'll go ahead and share the way I do it, But, but talk to us about the way you process through grief.
1: Well, I can give you an actual experience. I don't think I've told you, Nathan, but um, let's see. You know, um, I'll tell you what was strange is Connie passed on m- early Monday morning, yeah. like 1.15 yeah. a.m. It was a Monday. Yep, I was starting my teaching that week. Yes, uh, you know. So here I'm walking across. Uh, so I, I, th- my department was fantastic. I went into Towson um, for about 15 minutes mm-hmm. for each class that day. Yep. You know, it's a Tuesday, Thursday class, so they're an hour and 15 minutes. Right. But they understood, I ha- you know, well, I didn't hand out. I just said, here's the syllabus It's online. Yep. Go to Blackboard, open it up. We, we, I walked through some of the key highlights, and I said, how many of you, is this your first ever college class? And a handful of uh, Mm -hmm. students in my uh, different classes raised their hand. I said, well, this is probably the only time this is going to happen. Where I meet you and I say, I'll see you in a week. Yeah. Because we're not going to have class uh, next time. Uh, I said my mother-in-law passed. Um, So I was doing that great. Like I wasn't tearing up. Yeah. I was, it just was factual. Kind of in the
0: moment, doing what you needed to do. Exactly. Just yeah.
1: just the basic task, and it was all good. And um, So that first week, you know, that Tuesday, I, I had my, my meetings with my three classes. I, I went through, boom, boom, boom. Uh, several of those students were so gracious. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, when I was 18, 19, 20 years old, I may have just looked down, kind of ducked out the door. I just said, you know, my wife's mother, who's very close to us, she just passed yesterday, and... Uh, my department's been great. They're gonna, um, you know, let me take the time I need this week. I'm not giving you any work. Enjoy mm-hmm. your first week. Yeah. You don't have to think about this class. And but several students, you know, came to me and were, uh, were, were, were. I'm so sorry for your loss. Really impressed me. Honestly, Nathan, at 18, I'm not sure I would have done that. Yeah, I may have just kind of looked at my shoes and then ducked out the room in the back, which is fine. I, sure. I, they don't, they don't owe me any right personal condolences or comfort, but several of them did. So I was like, great. So got through that week, you know, wasn't there Thursday, missed all my classes, did the uh, viewings and the funeral and the, and the large family. Uh, Lisa has has three brothers, one of whom is in Houston and was in town with his wife and uh, our niece and nephew and, um, you know, a lot of activity. And here I am the following Tuesday, I'm just walking across campus. And it was so sudden, dude, I'm thinking about, my lecture, yeah, because I'm like, okay, I got to make up for some lost time. Uh, I might mix it up. I think I'm going to talk about anxiety in public speaking. I'm going to make that. I've got a whole lecture on that that I normally say. So that's what's. So str- I got this all in my head, and I to this, I something must have bombarded me, and yeah. I'm not sure what it was. I went from that and imperceptibly was thinking about Connie. Yeah, and I lost it. Yeah. So I'm walking across campus. Now, look, I'm fighting it now, just thinking of it. And I am doing a little more than just tearing up. Yeah. Ooh. So I'm trying to breathe, et cetera. I think I got a couple of looks. You know, I'm walking briskly. Right. You know, for me to walk briskly, right. dude, it means, I'm <laughs> like, can Dutcher walk briskly? So No
0: donuts at the end of the line.
1: Yes, exactly. So I, I kind of made it to my building in the media center. And uh, fortunately, where I teach, I almost have that whole second hallway to myself at that time of day. It's, it's nice. So I uh, got in. No students were there, fortunately. And I normally didn't do this, but I went in and I locked the door yeah. um, and you know, put my stuff down. And dude, I just let myself go for about five minutes. Yeah. Tissues, I just bawled and, uh, and was very, very upset. So what I tend to do is cry a lot. Yeah. And verbalize my internal, you know that. Yeah, dude. yeah. I'm just a verbal processor. So I cry a lot. Uh, now, I'm more comfortable crying around you, mm-hmm. Matt, my family. Uh, I didn't want to cry in front of a group of students. Right, that right. Would, I just feel that puts a burden on them. Sure. They don't need that. I mean, they don't. You know, so I'm getting myself together for them. So I've cried a ton. I've talked a ton. Yeah. Um, and I try to do it to the right person. Lisa, sometimes she's grieving more intently, uh, more intensely, I should say, uh, and her her grief, I think, is at the center. Yeah, she's the closest one to her mother. Sure, and I loved her dearly, like my mother. But I, I, I know, I believe, I need a step back. Yeah, because the relationship with Lisa was closer, more sure. intimate, stronger. So um, my kids. You know they're twenty four to fourteen, so particularly with the older ones, um, I've cried a lot with them, yeah. and they cry with me. Um, they're all a little different too, but they know I said, "Guys, you know I'm going to cry, right?" And I'm going to talk. Yeah, I kind of need to do that, and I think you're probably you probably do a little differently, my friend.
0: I I do a little, and it's funny you mentioned your kids because, um, we you know we were there at the at the viewing, Joy and I, and uh, saw. Uh, Everyone and you know said hi and yeah. uh, you know the, the things that you do of course at a at a funeral you know our condolences and you know let us know what we can do and all those things and uh, Joy and I were getting ready to leave and and I saw uh, Ella your fourteen year old she was just kind of sitting there with her cousins yeah walked out hey Ella how you doing she just kind of looks at me and I'm like that's a weird question for 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 a funeral isn't uh-huh. it you know how are you doing she yeah. just kind of chuckled a little yeah. she's like yeah um. Yeah. you know and yeah. so you know just having having that moment you yeah. know to be able to do that and you know just chuckle a little bit and yep. like you know what do you really say, you say? at a time yeah. like this you know it's like I mean I am genuinely interested oh, in course. you know how you've been handling this and how you're processing it yeah. but um, but yeah, for me I um, I can tell you dude, the last time I cried yeah. was, Two, thousand one. Wow. Dude. Or no, I'm sorry. Two, yeah, two thousand one. Two thousand. Uh, yep. Yep. It was fall of two thousand
1: one. You even know the season? I do. And the time?
0: I because because that was the last time it happened. Wow. And it was, um, ironically, it was with Joy, who yep. uh, who's my wife. We were not married at the time. We were uh, we weren't even dating. We were just uh, we were chilling, and. I was going through some stuff, and I was just talking to her, and I was talking to her about my dad. And I just started crying. Yeah. and that was, I think that was the first time and the last time that I cried over the death of my father. Wow. Um, when he when he died, i I didn't cry. I was uh, the only one in my family who didn't. Mm. Um, it was the same thing when my grandmother um, who who had lived with us since, uh, she, I mean, she died when I was 12, I think it was. And she had lived with us. I mean, since before I can remember, she had lived with us on and off. And yeah. then certainly the last, um, uh, I, I, would say six years of, uh, my life. So, so from the time I was six on, she was living with us full time. Yeah. Didn't cry then. Um, I process things internally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't mind talking to people about it, yeah, um, and that. So, if people have questions, I, I welcome those questions. I mm-hmm. welcome, you know, having a conversation. But I, I don't process things like that.
1: I get it, dude.
0: Um, and so, I, I can tell you that it made for an interesting. Um, it made for an interesting growing up experience uh, because 14 years old, my father passed away. Um, I had just turned 14, uh, turned 14 in December. My father passed in March. Yeah. Um, and I remember my mom actually being worried about me, mm. um, wanting me to go and see a counselor yeah. to talk about this. And I think there were a few things going on. Uh, yeah. Looking back, there, you know, some perspective. Um, first... I really, even though I I couldn't put this into words, I really had a comfort in peace that God knew what He was doing.
1: Wow, wow! Um, at fourteen, at
0: fourteen, I it it never crossed my mind. Do, did I wish things were different? Absolutely, but it never crossed my mind that God didn't know what He was doing. Yeah. Um. Obviously, not uh, not a fan of it at yeah. times, but. Um, and the other thing was, you know, part of the reason why, why my mother was concerned was I really wasn't talking about it. And yeah. again, my, my perspective would be if I'm not going to talk about it with you guys, I'm not going to talk about it with a stranger. I don't care if they're licensed or not. Yeah. Um, and so just, I, I felt like I had processed certain things. Now I do think looking back that um, I didn't fully process it correctly, which is why I don't cry now. Yeah. Like I said, 2001 uh, was the last time I can remember, first and last time um, that I really did.
1: How old were you in 01?
0: Uh I would have been 19. 19. So at that time I would have been 19. I would have been turning 20. Yeah, gotcha. Um, so I... And so I do think that there was a sense in which um, I didn't grieve it properly. Sure, um, but you know, and it's funny because I, you know, I I'm sure you would say this, Greg, that um, for you, crying is a very cathartic experience.
1: Absolutely, dude. Uh,
0: and most people who I talk to say that. Yeah. Um, I, we we actually Zach Bartles and I uh, talked about. This phenomena with crying, yeah, um, because he was he was fascinated with the fact that I just don't cry. Yep.
1: Say, um, what's up with you, Mister Roboto? Right,
0: and uh, and I just it's not cathartic for me. Sure. To me, it's like it's like vomiting. Right. There are people who yeah. are like I just I want to vomit and get it over with, and I feel so much better. I will fight. Yep. To hold it back, I do not want to vomit. It just
1: we share that, brother. yeah. That's I'm so glad you tell me that because Nathan, that helps me so appreciate what the act of crying is like for you. Yeah, and that's yeah I'm with you. There's some people. I remember my dad getting mad at me when I was a little kid because I've always had this phobia of 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 throwing up. Mm -hmm. Now you had to do it recently. Yes, (laughs) I had to do it a few months before you back in the spring. It was uh I got it one day and I remember Matt. Uh, I called him, Matt, I'm going to miss the meeting. P- you know, pray for me. Do you know how much I hate this? It's going to be a tough day. And he said, I sure will. don't you? Next day, he was calling me for prayer. <laughs> so uh, we obviously were yeah. in too close uh, quarters in our meetings. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so, you know, I, I, but I knew my father, when I was a kid, when I would fight, it would, he would get frustrated. Yeah. Just, you'll feel better. Oh, I don't want to hear that. Yeah. I just don't want to do it. Right. That really helps me, Nathan, get yeah. a picture Um. And dude, no, I, I I I respect that, man. That you you can you can't feel differently about that than I can about the touch of velvet. Right. I'm one of those people. Something about velvet. Yeah. Like Lisa has this uh, really nice dress. It's like a kind of a formal winter type dress. I think has a velvet collar. And uh, oh, yeah. she knows it. She'll it. Dry, I I can't right. touch velvet. <laughs> something about it. can't explain why. <laughs> I've talked to a few people that haven't can't do it, yeah, and for some reason, crying for you is like, oh no yeah. sir, I don't want it, yeah, it's interesting
0: and it's funny because when people talk about that phenomena of you know, oh yeah, I you know I throw up and I feel better. I do that and I'm done for the day, yeah, like it's it does not have that effect where yeah. like I do it and it's i I'm relieved right, and I can right. move on, yeah, I do that and I'm just again, it was the same thing we were talking about, you know um my experience with throwing up recently and I was, I was just wiped for the next 48 hours. I was just, I was wiped. Yep. Um, and, and crying has that same effect. Like it's not like I, I get it out and I'm ready to go. And people are probably like, well, how do you know? The last time you did it was 2001. (laughs) Um, but for me, the, the effect is just such that, um, if, if I do cry, I'm just – I'm spent.
1: There's yeah. there's
0: nothing there, and I don't like that feeling of being spent.
1: I hear. So I almost wonder, Nathan, if you have – and we're all wired a little differently, mm-hmm. physiologically, emotionally, mentally, sure. spiritually. So I'm wondering if you have almost a physiological self-protective mechanism that your body knows this. Yeah. This is not going to be good for me. And so, like you said, you're internally processing – that's good for me, Nathan, because I'll say, well, I'll protect the identity, I really will, of my kids. On One of my kids in particular mm-hmm. is the internal process. Okay, yeah. Who does not, you know, we, and parents always feel like, oh, is this kid doing okay? Right. Are they, are they okay? Are they, do they need to talk? Do, and yeah. that actually helps me. I mean, yeah, of course I think parents should monitor. Sure. Because sometimes silence can be a signal. Right. But other times it may be just for, nope, this is what they're going to do. Yeah. This is how they're going to walk that path. Yeah. And I can't dictate, well no, you need to walk it like I walk. Right. right. I mean, first of all, well you know, dude. Yeah. I mean, how many times have you see me cry a thousand <laughs> yesterday I was preach I just uh, you know, milk Dutch your son, it's just what I do. Dude, I I can't help it. Yeah. I try. Sometimes when I try to fight it, I make it worse. Right. So, um It's just watching a movie or a show. Um, There's a moving scene. Mm -hmm. Sure. I've joked before, dude, but it's true. I cried, I kid you not, at Major League Two. (laughs) Major League Two. When Wild Thing walks out near the end. I'm like, what the crap?
0: Didn't you also cry with Scrooged?
1: I did. I cried with Scrooged. (laughs) Hit me with a toaster. Um, you know, I uh, I cried with Scrooge. I've cried at some weird stuff, dude. There's still a couple. I mean, the show Good Times from the seventies. Yeah. There's three or four episodes. Yeah. If I start talking about them. I'll start crying. So something with me. It's almost like you and I do are almost polar, <laughs> polar opposites. Because <laughs> I swear mine is somewhat physiological. Right. Like I scare the, the kids. Oh, Dad, are you gonna, are you gonna cry? Are you right? Gonna, uh, and they get mad at me because why don't you take, like yesterday when I was preaching at the very end, I'm like, why didn't I take tissues up here? Mm-hmm. And why would I expect not to cry? Um,
0: that's why you have a sleeve.
1: Exactly. Sleeve, <laughs> bare hand, you know, and then people are like, I'm never shaking Dutch's hand after church again. Um, so boy, Nathan, that's really interesting though, to me though, to, to, uh, to stay on that. And, um, I'm wondering how many of our listeners might say, I know what Nathan's talking about. Yeah. I bet there's some. Yeah. I, I, I guarantee it.
0: I would think so. Um, and again, it's it really is. It's that response of this is not going to make me feel better.
1: Which is so different than the uh, the almost caricature you would have of men that men mm-hmm. don't. That's not what you're saying at all. No. You
0: know, I, that, and because, in fact, there are, there are so many times uh, in, I mean, 2001 so what 22 years later um in those 22 years that i would i would embrace that opportunity to be able to do that you know in in various scenarios um but again it's this i I think this would help someone else if they could see me cry but this isn't helping me yep um and and again you know we so joy and i have had this conversation you know when um Having been around death and experiences like that from a very young age, um, it it drains me anyway. Yeah, you know, it's just it's one of those things where, um, first of all, believe it or not, I'm I'm more of an introvert than I am an extrovert. Mm -hmm. I can fake it really well, um, but I am very much an introvert, and so being around people in in funeral scenarios is just. Uh, it is just draining it's tough yeah and then just being around being around all that death and sadness yeah, yeah, yeah um is is a drain and so then if i were to throw crying on it to boot like i would just i i i'd be done for a week
1: oh yeah um
0: you know i nope just give me a week to recover from this before i do anything else and and i don't even have to know the person very well for that to happen
1: yeah um
0: just all of those things combined would just it, it would just wipe me out
1: i get it dude i will say this as as rejuvenating as i find it and i still do mm-hmm. so this is not to negate that truth but to nuance it a little bit there is a special fatigue right um with, with crying that is is very different I, now that you mention it i i definitely felt tired in some ways though for me it I think it helped me sleep, sure. Uh, because of that fatigue, uh, but it it, you know, if I if I had no release in that moment, yeah, I wouldn't be able to stand right.
0: That. And and I think for me it would be the opposite. Yeah. Where if I if I did, I don't think I'd I, I, I would be fatigued. But I think I would be more mentally fatigued than physically fatigued. Sure, sure. Um, you know, and that's, I mean, that's just a different type of tired where you you want to sleep, but can't. Yeah. So here's um, my question, Nathan. First yeah.
1: of all, let's be silent a moment. Hmm. Do you hear all the background oh, yes. sound that's picking yes. up? Yes. So for our audience, we will try to talk through it. We have uh, Life 101 yep. uh, foster care. Support yeah. ministry that meets here once a month at the church, which and I did I didn't think right. of, dude.
0: Because technically, last Monday was the first month. Oh, you're but right, but it was yeah, Labor Day. It was so Labor Day. They,
1: yeah. That's exactly right. I didn't even catch that. So we'll ride through yeah, it. Yeah, uh, it'll be good, and and work through it. But all of a sudden, you were talking. I was like, wait, dude, who who else showed up on our podcast? Something going on. So we will uh, do our best to keep our voices strong. That's right, and 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 going. But I got a question for you, Nathan, in yeah. light of that, because I I do want to to share some thoughts I've had scripturally on grief, uh, basic thoughts that I we've probably shared before in some other context, but I think they would serve well now. Um, I'm not hearing you say you don't have a mechanism to deal with what's mm. what's weighing on you. Yeah. Yes, it's not through crying. Right. But talk to me about that. Yeah. Your internal processing. What, yeah. What, what, since that's so far from my own experience. Right. Bring me in. What is that like?
0: Yeah, so I think... I think I'm more like you know, just a, a match. You know, like I, the emotions are quick and furious, Yep. and then they're gone.
1: Wow, um, so they're there. They're
0: there, and and you've experienced this, right? Sure. We, there, there was um, period over the summer where I was just hot over, over something that was going on. Yep. Um, and I'm you know, sorry, just, I stole your money, brother. <laughs> I I'm gonna return it
1: sometime before the lord returns or maybe after. That's right. Okay, so but anyway, keep going. To We're good.
0: Yeah. We'll we'll just we'll we'll call that like all the DVDs that I've let you, they're just it's forgotten.
1: The Bermuda Triangle <laughs> That's right. of Dutcher's hands. Yeah, I'll never see that DVD again. Go on. Uh, yeah.
0: But yeah, so you know, so I it's funny because my mother of all people um She's like, Yeah, you're you're not you're not emotional. You know, uh-huh. like the, the intonation was basically you're not a real person, you know, uh-huh. you're like a robot. And yes. we were getting a kick out of that. Uh and Joy, especially because Joy knows that I can be a very emotional person. Yeah. So I'm I'm driving behind the wheel of the car and I'm in traffic. Oh, there's a whole lot of emotions <laughs> coming out of me.
1: On that we connect, um, my friend, yes
0: and so yeah there there's there's definitely there's there's grief there, and again, I think this is probably where I did not fully grieve properly over the years. Death for me is it's become very commonplace yeah um i I, I almost it it's almost become very clinical for me, yeah. Um, You know, I wonder if this is how doctors and nurses process when they see it. You know, it's just, this is what it is. Um, And and so that's not to say that I'm not sad that the person is gone. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think about, I I mean, believe me, uh, my father died when I was 14. I am uh, now 41. Mm -hmm. There is uh, a lifetime of experiences there. Sure and situations that I would have loved to have had him around for. I bet. Um, So I think about those things Mm -hmm. and I I think appropriate, I grieve the loss of those things. Yeah. But for me, death is is a piece where I can very easily move on to something else. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't linger there. I don't, need to linger there
1: yeah um dude i talked to a a gentleman years ago uh i shouldn't say his name he's never been on this podcast uh, but he was he was an early guest speaker at cfc mm -hmm. i mean we're going back to 05 maybe six and we had lunch at the time uh i didn't know the guy well i've lost touch with him but he, he really sharp guy and he uh he and i were talking about his mother had had passed within that year we were meeting and I of course said all the things I I was sorry I didn't know her I never would have known what she looked like oh man it's a guy's mom and I'm thinking of my mom and it's not hard to have empathy and uh guy's name was Mike first name and I said Mike what like how have you kind of gotten through that he goes Greg I sometimes think people are gonna think I am the coldest person in the world he said and I loved my mother he said I've not in some morbid way, but I've done a lot of thinking about death. Yeah, and he started to share experiences in his family. He, had, for a young guy, probably in his late thirties at the time, uh, had experienced a lot yeah. and seen a lot. And he said, "So for good or for bad, I found myself thinking about a lot." And this is what he said to me: It was interesting mm-hmm. because I just have come to the conclusion that the perspective God has on death. And the perspective we have. For us, it is just this soul shaking, just cataclysmic, and and in no way was he minimizing that. Right. He just said, for us, but it happens so much every day around the world. Yeah. And he said, I've just come to the conclusion that God just views it differently. Yeah. And now uh, you can go to a lot of scriptural data sure. on that too. It's not to negate that it's, I mean, one of my favorite verses in the Psalms is precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. I, yeah. I shared that at Connie's funeral, and I believe that. But maybe even that we get a little hint. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Ain't precious to me. Right. So that right there kind of proves his point. Yeah. There is something different. Now, we're not talking about all people and unbelievers, right. that's a right. whole different subject. But I remember when he said that he said, "Greg, so I'm. I feel, I miss her. Yeah. But I, he just get same thing, kind of a clinical, yeah. uh, intellectually not emotionally cold, yeah, uh, view of it. Um, and and I understand it. I yeah. I've actually do the reason we were talking about that in particular is I told him. What I think first triggered some of my battles with depression as a young man in my 20s, because mm-hmm. I don't think I had any of that surfacing in my teens. I don't know. Now I'm thinking maybe I didn't know what it was. Right, sure. But my 20s, yeah, mid to late 20s, I was a young pastor, fresh out of seminary, and my first three or four years at Still Meadow, 97 to 2000, somewhere thereabouts. Oh, my goodness, dude, the amount of funerals and... Death, I had been exposed to, and I remember being out with some friends at TGI Fridays. Yeah, it was around the same time that you're saying 2000, 2001. And Lisa and I were out, and uh, then another group joined us kind of unexpectedly. Ended up being one of those great spontaneous nights. Yeah, we got a bigger table. Uh, had but in the back of my mind, we're laughing, we're telling stories. But I remember thinking, they're not thinking about death. Because they're like in their late 20s like I am. Why am I thinking about it yeah. so much? I, I almost became obsessed with it because I think I was immersed in it. Mm, um, yeah. And I think it messed with me a little bit. Sure. You know, not many 27, 28-year-olds are probably at 15 to 20 viewings and funerals over a two-year period. right? But I was. Yeah. Uh, and it was an unusual season. In our family, some uncles, Lisa's grandparents – and in that church, right, just a a hard season. So I think um, we all have ways of, yeah. of, you know what I mean, categorizing yeah. because you ha- you have to live, right, and you have to let your mind be ordered sure. in some way.
0: But I think that's the most important thing that you bring up is that we have to have some way to categorize yeah. it and to process it, yes. right? It's. It's not a lack of processing that's going on in my mind. Yeah. Um, no, I have processed it. I've thought about it. I've thought about it a great deal. Yeah. This is simply the conclusion that I've come to with it. Yeah. And this is, you know, for now, I'm I'm fine with it. Yeah. Um, and again, there there are times where. Uh, as I'm sure, there are times where you wish you could turn off the waterworks. Yes, there are times wish I which I could wish I could turn them on because it is, uh, you know, thinking about um, Joy's grandfather who passed away. I said I'd tell this story real quick and then um, yeah. want to get to some of the scripture because God's view on our grief is so important to our identity yeah. and how we process things. But. Um, joy and i uh joy's grandmother passed away uh summer of 21 Mm -hmm. and we made the decision to basically move in with him um and help take care of him mentally he was all there yeah but physically he struggled yep and so we had he was 96 was 96 when he passed so yep he uh man he stories he could tell, um, you know, just amazing. Um, so it was, it, it it was, it was, it was a blessing to be able to live with him. And, and we had just said, we're, we're going to do this until he passes. Wow. So is that, you know, three months? Is that three years? Is that 30 years? You know, I mean, obviously that's an exaggeration, but, um, we, so we did for a year we yeah. we lived with him
1: i know what a toll um, dude it was cuz you you had yeah. your your house yeah. and then your house up here or, yeah. or, uh joy's uh, uh granddad's yeah uh, you're working you're back and forth yeah. you it was a lot dude. yeah it was it was a lot
0: it it did it it took a toll um which i think would be an interesting discussion for another time cuz part of the grief is that over a year later, Joy and I are still processing uh, because we went right from his funeral, uh, and, I, and I know I'm taking a little bit of a rabbit trail here. No, but that's fine. We went right from his funeral to having people in town for the funeral, and he passed away in August. Yeah, um, to, to back to school. Yes, and yes. the busyness of Yo. two teachers being in school, and so absolutely, um, you know, part of you know, Joy and and. Uh, my uh, story and journey is working through that, a year of working through what do we do now? Um, So anyway, uh, so, you know, Joy's grandfather, uh, we had been living with him a year. Um, He passes away. We're all, everybody's in tears. Yeah. Um, You know, friends, family. Um, My very good friend of mine from college who had, uh, met her grandfather several times. You know he's in tears. Yeah, uh, I'm the only one not in tears. Wow. Um, and that's that's an odd feeling when yeah. you look around and you're the only one that's not crying yeah. um, over this event. And so you know where, like I said, where what started this. You know where I'm sure you could. Wish you could turn it off sometimes. Oh, yeah. Uh, there are definitely times where I wish I could turn it on.
1: <laughs> you almost want to um, fit in by association, right. right? Hey, I'm crying too. Wow. Um,
0: But, you know, I think, again, as, as God deals with us individually and he's gifted us individually in different things, I think our grief is individual. Yeah. And yep. the way we grieve is no less important to God um, than anyone else in the way they grieve. Um,
1: Dude, I I couldn't agree more. And I think it's very sacred that we respect people's uh, issues. Now, I, I would balance that with if we see a person maybe is uh, in abject denial, yeah, uh, have has never really stopped to ponder. I, I might worry. I want that yeah. person to not grieve the way I would. Right but work through it right. somehow in a way that works for them. And that can be hard to see because, again, the internal processor, uh, you're not so sure. Sure, uh, yeah. Are they yeah. processing and you just don't see it? You know, And you want to be there for that person to help them in a, a, any way that you can. But um, I just was going to say, Nathan, the, the verse that I always go to, we talk about this one a lot. Yeah. Uh, this is the ESV, Psalm 56, verse 8. But... Um, I'm going to add not something to the verse. Right, right. Uh, that would sound really, oh, great, Greg's <laughs> going to add something. That's not my point. I'm going to add a thought yes. of, of uh, meditation yeah. after I read this. It's David's uh, account, very tough psalm about struggle and hardship. And he says, uh, you have kept count of my tossings, which appears to be restlessness, probably sleep restlessness, and then it says, Put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? Hmm. This sense that David has that his tears are precious to him. Yeah. His sleeplessness, precious to him. Yeah. And it would be preserved in a divine record. It's just such a powerful image. But what I was going to say by way of extrapolating on that, dude um, your tears, Nathan, I think you have, but they stay inside. Right. <laughs> Uh, they're still precious. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I know that's kind of a joke sometimes, but when people, you know, you see it in movies where somebody, hey, wasn't it funny? I'm laughing on the inside. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm crying <laughs> on, on the, the inside. inside. Right. Meaning sometimes they're not, but there probably are some people who do. Right. Um, well,
0: and ironically, that is my favorite verse uh, yeah. that speaks to grief Oh, uh, uh, out of anything that could be pulled out that that would be my top and favorite verse even though ironically i don't cry <laughs>
1: yeah no of course so but you you grieve yeah and i think nathan this i don't want to give away too much of next week yeah. uh but i definitely think sometimes just pondering what i like to help people with is you know i understand grief if if we lived in a perpetual state of grief
0: yes woo
1: we'd be very worried. Yeah. So I think what happens, it's natural when people go through a period of it, they feel this is abnormal. I need to get out of this. Because mm. normally that's how we respond to unusual stimuli. I right. don't want to, you know, even if, if you go to a higher elevation, yeah, your breathing patterns change, the air is, ooh, this is weird. Yeah. We tend to want that to stop. Right. And if you can help somebody, hey, this is normal. Right. You'll adjust. You know, it, it's, it's how I feel that we should respond to grief yeah it's normal yes and we don't need to figure out a way to stop grieving right, right. away I just don't just experience it embrace well, it It's what we're wired to do right so much so that David said, put my tears in your bottle right
0: oh, Well no. let's be real if if Jesus can grieve over a friend who yes. he knew he was going to raise from the dead in just a few minutes yes. Uh, I think we can we can grieve over people that we know we're not going to see until the other side of eternity
1: a hundred percent Nathan uh, you shared that with me Sunday and uh, that that ties into things we'll get into uh, yeah. uh, next week but it was uh, it was so helpful for me uh, when you said that because you know I've, I've preached that principle before um, I've preached the I mean Jesus knows what he's gonna do right. He knows the end of the story. He knows that this period of mourning is going to turn to shock, uh, probably slow absorption and then eventual celebration and joy. And he still cries. He still grieves. He still identifies with those grieving and, I believe, feels it himself. So, you know, I think, dude, the the Psalms doesn't take much. You don't have to be a Bible scholar to say, boy, there's a lot of grief in the Psalms. Right. And uh, again, Psalm 88, we've referenced that many times, doesn't even end with the happy note. Right. I agree. Most Psalms that deal with despair tend to go through that process yes. and end with a note of hope. Right. Um, and because I think that's the normal course of operations. Right. God meets us in our grief. He walks with us in our grief. He leads us to a place. Yes. Where that grief will abate. Yeah. Maybe not completely uh, disappear. And there's joy that comes. And then there's that pesky little Psalm 88, (laughs) which I can't help but think is in there, where, again, the NIV's rendering is the one that always stood out to me. You've abandoned me. Oh, God, in darkness is my closest friend. Right. Which, if we sang a song like that, people would probably freak out. But there is a song like that. Yeah. Preserved in sacred scripture. Because it's real. Yeah. God is far uh, more comfortable with the reality of grief than often we are. Right and is not he's not chased away by it. Right.
0: Well, I mean, let's be real. When you look at scripture and you look at really the the condition of who we are, we really should be in a perpetual state of grief. Yeah. I mean, our our condition as, as humanity is is so pitiable. Yeah. And and so outside of what it should be. Yeah. Um that that really, when God speaks to that, we really need to listen because that that is us. And Christ yeah. has come, and that's the good news. And that's what ultimately helps to abate our um, our grief yeah. and our fears and our shame and our guilt, all of it. but but really, I mean, you know, every every Christian should should be, Grieving, right? I mean, when we sin, right? We we oh, know yeah. that we've grieved the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, well, Martin so. Luther
1: said that the Christian life is, should be a life of he said continual repentance. Yeah. Because there is that recognition. Oh man, I'm always, I'm always doing it the wrong way. Right. I'm, now, of course, that repentance is tied into the joy of the gospel. Right. Uh, we we but it the joy of the gospel is enhanced really only when we sense the weight of man. Right. I really need that good news. Right. Because I just keep going back um, to this bad pattern.
0: Well, you mentioned—I um, don't know how long ago it was now—but <laughs> uh, I remember you you preaching on this idea of um, of uh, guilt, and you yeah. talked about you know when you look at Judas, right? Judas's yeah. actions caused him and led him to guilt. Where yes. where Peter. Um, you know, we see a change. But what's interesting is that we still see the grief in yeah. Peter over his actions. Yes. The grief is still there, but the outcome, the yeah. eventual outcome is what changes.
1: Yes. And that was, uh, yeah, that wasn't long ago, dude. That was maybe, of course, I preached this week, and then I missed the previous two. It was probably a month or so ago. Mm-hmm. That's why it's recent. That's Second um, Corinthians 7. Where Paul seems to distinguish between uh, worldly grief and/or earthly grief, some of the translations do it, and godly or heavenly grief or sorrow. And it's interesting. I just, yeah, that's, I think Peter and Judas illustrate that. That uh, on the surface, if you saw them the night of Jesus' arrest, they probably both looked the same. Right. And any passerby would say, hey, man, these guys are going through the exact same experience. They they, they participated in Christ's betrayal. Yep. Uh, their acts of self-centeredness or cowardice, however you slice it, have been part of this horrible development, Jesus being uh, arrested and taken away. Um, yet we know that, no, there were some different experiences going on, and the outcome is what tells us. yeah. Peter, Judas tragically goes on to take his life, um, so paralyzed by the guilt, does not see any hope um, offered to him, and uh, he just, he disappears from history. Peter goes on uh, to grab the brass ring, you might say, of church leadership, yeah. preaches the inaugural sermon of the church, leads 3,000 people to Christ on his first sermon, uh, and you think what but I think there's something going on there there's yeah. a a grief that is based in grace yeah it's not always pleasant right uh, Peter I doubt would have described his feelings that night as right. pleasant uh, but it was of a different source yeah and uh, Judas's is from a different source yeah it's tied into self uh, the paralysis of analysis the the, the there was no good news for right. Judas. He could not see the good news of Jesus Himself. Um, Peter's experience was different. So I always say, boy, only the Lord really knows what's going on right. in the heart, and He um, He cares. Yeah, our grief is um, is something He takes note of. Yeah, and if it's special to Him, precious to Him. And I'll make this sort of, Nathan, as we wrap up here, my, my own lead into next week. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think we need, when we're encountering a person in the fresh grip of gr- of grief, to feel any sense, how do I help them not experience this right yeah. now? That's, I think it's more about how can I do my very best to make the most positive impact, presence, uh, known within their grief. Yeah. Which are two very different approaches.
2: Yeah,
0: no, absolutely. It's, it's looking at what do you, what do you need? Yes. Right. What do you need? Do you need me to sit with you? Do you need me to cry with you? Well, call Greg if you want
1: somebody to cry (laughs) with you. Um, yes, for sure. Just play major league two. I'm there.
0: I, I can remember, um, when my father passed away, uh you know we're we're at the funeral home and people are coming in and out and i i just had i had several friends uh their parents i mean at the time you know i'm 14 year old boy so my friends are all my age nobody's driving um their parents just brought them and just brought them and dropped them off to sit with me yeah and you know we you know we just we hung out and we talked and I can remember we we made you know it was getting hot inside. I mean you know March in New Hampshire, but it's getting hot in there in the funeral home. And I remember uh, you know just um, heading out back, and we we're all just hanging on that back porch that was there, just talking and laughing. Yeah. Um, and and that's what I needed, you know, and and the parents just be with your friend, Yeah. you know, just be with your friend.
2: Absolutely.
0: Um, and that was just so, uh, it, it meant so much. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's interesting because you think you're going to hold on to certain memories, but it's like your wedding, right? Yeah. I mean, you almost need the pictures or other people to tell you yeah. what was going on in order for that to come out. It's such a, you know, I mean, funerals are just the same thing. Oh yeah. Um, there are very few things that I actually remember about that specific week. Yeah, but that's one of those things that I'll remember forever. And that's that
1: something? Uh, Probably not as much what was said. Yeah, what, but yeah. Th- I, d- very-
0: I don't remember the conversation, but I remember there was so much laughter. Yeah. Um, there's powerful. just so many stories, uh, you know. And part of it, just hey, tell tell me about your tell me about your dad. You know, I mean, for for my friends who knew him, you know, we were laughing about the stories. But for others, like I I. I wasn't aware of that. Can you tell me about that? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it was just, it was it was so good. So that's good.
1: That's awesome. Awesome. So. That's, that's the way to end it. Yeah. Man. Set up for next week. So, Dude, thanks for talking to me. This is good, man. Yeah, it's good. This was good. It's just good to be together. Yep. It really is, Nathan, and to talk. Actually, it's it's cathartic for me to have this conversation. Yeah. And I did not cry. I'll say that nice. later, later. That's right.
0: That's right. <laughs> Uh, Maybe next week will be a little bit of anger and cry. Yes, exactly. (laughs) But until the next time, Greg, we just rock the CASBA. Yes, sir. Thank you again for listening to These Go to 11, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Once again, please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. And if you ever find yourself in the Forest Hill, Maryland area, please feel free to stop by at 135 Industry Lane, and you can get all of our service times and information at ChristFC.org. These go to 11.